0: This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast, where you'll learn the strategies and tactics you need to become a millionaire agent. Learn from top agents, brokers, team leaders, and experts in the industry who can help you on the path to success. And now, here's today's episode.
1: everyone welcome to today's episode and we have Francie Molina. Francie is the team leaner team leader of a 10 person team at Compass. Her team covers Westchester County, New York. And she loves to help people who are leaving the city, kind of coming up to see her. And we're gonna be talking about how to grow your team, how to keep your team accountable, what you need to do for lead gen, how do you give gifts, systems, scripts, and different challenges. So we are so excited to have you, Francie.
0: Thanks for having me, I'm super excited to be here.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about how you transitioned into being a single agent into growing into a 10-person team. Talk about that transition.
0: Yeah, I think my story is probably fairly similar to most. Um, I got into the business 12 years ago. It was 2010. The market was very slow, which I appreciated because I was really able to learn the business at a slower pace. Um, But as time progressed, I worked mostly with buyers, and as you serve... The consumer the buyer consumer well they start to refer their friends and then over time they move into neighborhoods and their neighbors are moving so they recommend you God willing as a listing agent so I had like this basket of buyers that grew into um a, a dumpster of buyers and then into a storage facility of buyers and then sellers so out of necessity I needed an assistant if you don't have an assistant you are the assistant that's my first tip um so that was my first hire and not because I'm brilliant and I I know what I'm doing it's just I asked a million people and heard if you don't have an assistant you are the assistant um, and and she helped me set up processes at a foundation for a team and that was a very squiggly line and took a lot and then over time um, a buyer's agent or an agent approached me a potential brand new agent and she came first and then you know as we did more and more business we needed more and more help so it really our team evolved out of necessity Um, You can't service all the clients and their friends and their friends' friends and not work seven days a week, 24-7, if you're doing a good job.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about lead gen right now. I think that people are really kind of freaking out a little bit because they're used to people just kind of coming to them left and right. And now they're like, oh my gosh, we've got to increase our lead gen and kind of be proactive. So tell us some things you do regularly to get your your lead gen on your team.
0: Sure. So everyone on my team uses a CRM and they are in regular touch with their sphere of influence and former clients and Family and friends, Um, so that's just one basic level. They set them maybe at every month, every three months, whatever a regular schedule for each of their folk in their folks in their CRM. But that's the base level. We our team gifts our former clients every March and every September without fail. If you bought with us twelve years ago, if you bought with us ten minutes ago, you're going to have a gift on your doorstep if you live locally within Westchester County um, twice a year. And it comes with a poem and it's branded and it's usually food. And this most recent one was a tower of three different bunt cakes. And it's the poem was related to nothing but love for you. So that's that counts as a reach out and our clients actually expect them. And they're at the point where they're like, I can't believe you're still gifting us, but that's the way we stay in touch with them. Additionally, we run events all the time. So this past weekend at one of so our- Let's little-
1: talk about that real quick for, Sorry. for, for, for the gifts. So I talk you a lot. decide to do two gifts per year to every past client. Mm-hmm. And your, hand, your team is helping hand deliver that. And so you did the bunt Cakes, you know, nothing but love. That was one of them. Give us some other things oh, that sure. you've done and about how much you're spending on each gift.
0: Great. So we don't, we're very systematic about it. We choose March and September because March is sort of the beginning of the spring market. September is the beginning of the fall market. So that's when their friends might be thinking of selling or buying and they might be as well. So it's it's not Christmas when they're inundated, not Thanksgiving. It's It's when things are quiet. Um, we have done, we we try to keep it under $25 and it's something that we can hang on the front knob. Nah, we don't have the time to deliver 500 gifts and say hello to every client. There's 10 of us. There was, I think everybody had like 59 units to deliver. So, you know, we have to move fast. One of our better ones and COVID hit right after we did it, we didn't know COVID was hitting, but it was um, a branded wine cozy. It says Francie Molina, Team Compass. And it had a bottle of white wine and it said that it, we were springing forward. It was March, time to change your wine from red to white and then COVID hit. So everybody had a bottle of wine to like be like, oh, this global pandemic that's gonna last a week, which lasted two and a half years. We've done branded Rice Krispie treats from a company called Ta- Treat House in New York City. We've done craft Popcorn from Newport, Rhode Island. Whatever it is, it's always something that we try to stick with food because the kids really like the food. The wine was a one off. Um, oh, uh, we did branded picnic blankets with applesauce and um, applesauce and banana breads for the fall last year because people do picnics. It's always something that, you know would appeal to like a broader uh, family.
1: You said March and September, is that right? Yep. So, okay. So you do those for the gifts and then what other things do you have systematically in place to kind of keep in touch with the clients?
0: Sure. And before I go on, so someone buys with us on September 5th. They close. Our team manager adds them to the gift list automatically, if right, because they're local. If they're a seller and they're moving to Florida, they're not gonna get the gift, but they're gonna automatically be added to the gift list at the end of every week. He has a reminder. So every time we approach gifting, the list is already created because we've always added everybody. Or if there's an influencer in town, someone who sends us a lot of referrals who didn't work with us, they get added to the gift list systematically. Every Friday he's adding people or whatever day he does it. So the list, we don't ever have to scramble to create the list. We use um, an app to schedule the deliveries because you just put in all the addresses. So we have a system for that. We have a system for everything. So our events are pretty systematized too. So in the fall, we really are event heavy. People are out in the New York area. The fall's beautiful. beautiful. Um, this past weekend, we had a petting zoo at a farmer's market. Farmer's markets bring in hundreds and hundreds of people anyway. We sell a lot in these towns. So we put the petting zoo in front of the farmer's market and branded it to us. And there was pigs and goats and bunnies. And it was three hours. And I can't even explain to you what a tremendous success it was. And there was branded coloring books with farm animals and crayons. all in probably cost us $1,500, $2,000. And we hit hundreds and hundreds of people. And obviously it's a give back to the community. Um, we do a lot of that. We help firehouses, our fire and, and um, EMS volunteer in these areas. So we do fundraisers for them. We do all sorts of, giving back to the community events. But then you're in the community, seeing people, talking to people, but meeting them where they're at, with their families on their Sunday. You're not asking for anything, you're giving.
1: I love what you just said about the petting zoo at the farm market, because I'm sure, didn't you get people who were not clients that were just at the farmer's market that wanted to participate because see to me I think that's the key is kind of lining up with something else that that is already there like I've seen some different people do events like that like I think the farmer's market's great because if you can kind of even get with some of those other people um, because if you're just doing it on your own sometimes these events can get overwhelming and if you don't at a good turnout it can be embarrassing so and then if you have one bad turnout now you're like forget it I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that so talk about some other events that you did that you partnered with someone else to kind of they could help with some of that heavy lifting
0: Yes. And, and by the way, I just had a team meeting and we just agreed. Those are the only events we're doing now because we feel post COVID we're running a music class in a park in Rye Brook, New York next weekend, but that's an invitation only. And people are just not showing up for stuff post-COVID. They're very distracted. So it's better to partner. So on October 22nd, I think we're partnering with the Volunteer Fire Department and Ambulance Corps in one of our towns. And we did it last year as well. And we we set up an area right outside of that farmer's market. And they put the fire trucks and the ambulances there. The kids get to tour them. They get little fire hats. They get to Play put out fires. There's like little little tykes' houses, and they get to pretend to put out the fire. And we're gonna have a dunk tank to raise money for the fire department. So you you know you pay to uh to to throw a ball. But we're partnering with them. Last year we easily had a thousand people because you've got a farmers market going on. You've got fire and ambulance corps mailing list, and and they they really I and mean, we need them. So people want to support them. So people come out in large numbers. So we're giving back. And we're just standing in behind the scenes and giving out donuts and cookies and coffee. And, you know, it's 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 branded to us, but it's really about them.
1: Mm, Give us one more way, because I really want to encourage people listening to this, putting on an event that is just focused on you and your people is so much work to get the right amount of people there. If you can combine with what she's saying and get other people involved, give us another event that was a huge success that you did, that you got multiple people involved, you got them inviting. So instead of you just inviting your sphere or your past clients, let's say you've only been in the business, three years and you don't have a ton of people to invite. And at best, what are you noticing? 10% of the people show? I mean, really, it's so it's not that much of people that are going to show. So you've got to have a huge, massive list in order to get a good turnout, unless you really dive in and go, we're going to partner with a whole bunch of other people.
0: I'll give an idea that I think anyone listening for the next few months could do, especially around the holidays. One of the best events we ever put on was the premiere of Frozen Two. It was the movie it was coming out, and all our junior clients wanted to see it. I think it was Frozen Two, or maybe it was Frozen. No, it was Two, and. Um, and we did a red carpet at the movie theater. We rented out the whole movie theater. We invited everybody on our sphere list and it, you do an event, bright. So once the tickets run out, they run out. But then you do a, a toy drive or some hot food drive. It's, at that time, it was the holidays. So everybody brings, they don't pay for their tickets. There's all sorts of things going on for the families that show, but they give back by doing giving toys or food or whatever you're raising money for at that time. And that's a little less stressful. The movie theater is not that expensive, especially post-COVID to rent out. They want people and you're doing it on a Saturday morning. It's not that expensive. And you don't really have to worry because they're going to come because they don't let down their kids. So if you get a movie like Coco or whatever's coming out, that's a great one.
1: Yeah, that's great. So I love how systematized you are and I can just hear it um, in some of the things that you've saying, but what are some other systems that you have in place that have just really streamlined your business and help you take it to the next level?
0: So I believe that our this this job is robotic we do almost the same things in every deal buy side or sell side there's nuances there's all sorts of glitches fires we put out but basically you know you you get an accepted offer in new york you inspect the house you move to different steps of the deal so every step of the transaction on my team is systematized what that means is our team leader has and he's our assistant he's our marketing guy he's everything he has a checklist for every every single step of the transaction that he does behind the scenes. And additionally, he has a preset template that goes out to the consumer, whatever they're the buyer, or the seller to tell them the next steps for them with links to let's say they're the buyer and they go into contract. Their next step is they need home insurance because that's a requirement in New York State. So there's a link to our resource website, which has home insurers and all the other stuff they might need. If they're a seller, it has a link to moving companies. that email automatically goes out and it's not on the agent to worry about it and remember between you know going and showing and selling. Every step of the process is handled through and through and their job is just to be in front of the consumer and show and sell.
1: So let's talk about scripts that you talk to as far as, the, let's pretend we've got, we've got so many people who have leads that have come in and they've really kind of not done a good job of following up because they've been so busy, right? With the work that, you know, they've already had a bunch of referrals. They might've had leads coming in, they weren't following up. Now it's time to get some of those old leads in place what would you say are the things that need to happen for the best scripts that you would say and anything that you would say time blocking for them to call these script, these leads past leads
0: so we are big time blockers and our team used to actually block together every thursday for a couple hours as well but right now since We've decided to just put it on hold for the fall because we have so many reach outs that we're okay like we don't have to all sit together and make sure we're reaching out. Um, having said that we just discussed this this was a great discussion my team just had. This is we're on the East Coast. It's winter. It's time to like, um, you know, clean your gutters winterize your house There's all these things we have to do because it's going to get cold great reach out opportunity. My team resists scripts. They don't, they like to be authentic. They pushed back with me on scripts all the time. So what we try to do is more authentic reach outs. And I said to all of them, this is it. Like your first time home buyer who owns this house now and probably has neighbors and friends who are going to sell, you reach out and you say, time to clean, uh, blow out your sprinklers because we have to blow out our sprinkler lines in October. In November, we have to clean our gutters. So time to reach out, remind them to clean the gutters. Even if they've owned the house for 10 years, they don't clean those gutters in the winter before. the winter they're going to get ice jams and all this stuff so we try to our scripts are more authentic but it's about them it's about whoever you're calling and we try to find ways to reach out to them to help them whether it's via text phone or email and what i always tell the agents in my team is we're meeting the consumer where they're at too. Most of our clients are young families with two kids, two jobs. They don't want to get on the phone with us anymore. They're busy. They get home from New York City from work at night. They want to text. Hey, it's that time of year. You know, make sure you do this. If you need our help, we'll come over and show you how to turn the water shut off. Boom, done. Took 10 seconds. Don't overthink it. Most of them and sometimes they ask us to come and turn off the water shut off, but you're just, you're meeting them where they're at.
1: Okay, so let's give me the exact script because what we've found is the less professional that the script is and the more it sounds like I am truly just reaching out to you, doesn't have sound professional, give me another text message that you could send right now that that our agents could send out. Anyone listening on this call can, can send out that would... Kind of be a good reach out, but then I also want you to send me a text that is going to get somebody to either give you a referral or get an old buyer that was on the hook to go ahead and buy.
0: OK, so the first one is I was driving by a client's house today who on the way to work, who moved in just recently. And they were they are first time home buyers, And I'm I'm sure they don't have any idea of the next steps. So I said I, I texted them when I got to the office. I said, I was driving by your house today, I thought of you. Don't forget to engage. They have an oil tank, an oil company and get an oil contract in place for the winter. They need oil delivered. A lot of them won't even think of it because they moved up from an apartment. So easy. She writes me back. She goes, what would we do without you? Are we ever gonna, how are we gonna do this on our own? I'm like, you're never on your own. We're always here, done, authentic. I met them where they're at, I do care about them and they're gonna get oil and <laughs> now their house will be warm. On the other text, which we've been doing a lot of lately and this is our market. So obviously it's all market-based. Our market is still busy. Um, we do get people that move out of New York City, space, schools, lifestyle. The best time to get a deal in our market is really November to February. So, a buyer who's been like sitting on the fence and looking at a zillion houses, you know, my team is reaching out them today and say, "Look, we're going to start to see some inventory come on, and look, we know you want to move in June, but the buyers who move November to February have the best chance of getting the house because we have bidding wars, and 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 getting a deal. And I'm using that term loosely because our market hasn't quite shifted down yet. Interest rates are, are forcing it, but not quite. So that's it's an opportunity-based text. You've been sitting on the fence. You hate the bidding wars. You hate the prices. Well, now, if you don't get something between this time and this time, you're going to be back into it again in the spring. And now a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Kanzel Realty.
1: One of the other things we give you is revenue share, where you get five levels of money in your downline every time you attract an agent to the company and guess what the first three levels open up right away so let's pretend like you're not a great recruiter but you bring on a couple people who are heavy hitters guess what you don't have to hire five or ten agents to open up those tiers you automatically get those so that's what makes us very different
0: this is kanzel
1: So what would you say as an objection handler for you? We're hearing a lot of people saying, "You know what, I'm just I'm just going to wait until the interest rates go down." How would you handle that objection?
0: Yeah, we do a lot of focusing on remember our clients are mostly moving out of apartments and they're they're living a different lifestyle. We're in in the city. We focus on, we sell shelter, we sell lifestyle, safety, space. You, I'm selling you a roof over your head where you're going to make memories with your family, your, your, your partner, yourself, your dog. Um, if you want to postpone that, if you're choosing to delay that a few years, great. But in our experience, our clients who who make the jump, and they never look back. And as they start to focus on that, it gets a little easier. Remember New York City is it's a little different. So it's they can't have a car, or they don't have laundry. I mean, it's a it's a tough lifestyle, especially if their families are growing. You come up here, you're in a grocery store, the aisles are wide, you can push your stroller, you have your car. It's a little easier. So we really focus on we're selling shelter. And 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 it's not about it, this is not an investment. This is a home, you know, that comes with schools and safety and space. So that's really how we handle it.
1: Yeah. Um I'm I want you to kind of talk about some questions cuz I I've, I've heard some agents on the phone and I feel like they just they freeze because they don't have like the five best questions. Like, I feel like agents should kind of have like right in front of them, printed or already memorized, hopefully at that point. But like, five questions that someone's going to ask when they get either a new, let's just start with a, a buyer. And you would say, here's the five questions that really will kind of, I, I love what you said about being authentic, that makes you sound authentic and makes you sound like I really care about you and I'm the agent that you should pick without me actually saying that, it's just coming through in my tone. It's coming through in the way I'm talking to you. And, And with the questions I'm asking, I'm really wanting you to be my client. What would those five questions for a buyer be? Let's start with that. Okay. So, I'm going to Why don't the- you do a role play? Why don't you do a role play? Heather, would you do it? Yes, of course.
0: Hi, Heather. Hi. So, let's say you're a brand new buyer and you emailed me, right? Right? Okay, let's go. Are you uh, calling me? Yeah. So, I'm going to write back to you immediately and I'm going to say um, we love to do an intake call with all our new clients and I got one this morning, first-time home buyers. I said we're experts at home, first-time home buyers. We love discovery calls or um a call to get to know you better. Anything to take the pressure off. Um we schedule it. I have a Calendly link. My agents have Calendly links. They schedule. So now we've we're on our call. Hi Heather. Hi. Hi. How are you guys today? Good. So nice to meet you um, via Zoom. Um, We're so excited to help you with uh, your search in Westchester. And we tell all our clients, we don't sell homes, we sell lifestyles. We can sell you the best house in Westchester in the wrong town, and the wrong lifestyle for you, and you're gonna be really unhappy. I know you don't believe it, but in New York City, you're fairly anonymous. But in these towns, there's small school districts, small towns, gets to the point where everybody knows everybody. So we wanna sell you your dream lifestyle and your dream house. So we're gonna talk a little about the geography of Westchester and your needs. And then I would start to ask, are you commuting to New York City every day? Right, day? Cause that's gonna direct you Southern Westchester versus Northern Westchester. And you would tell me, I always say, our clients share their hopes and dreams with us. And we we open them up to it. Like, I'm hoping for a lot of land, but I want an easy commute and I want to walk to everything and I want a pony in my backyard. (laughs) And we go (laughs) through that whole thing and we kind of funnel them down and say, okay, you can have a pony in your backyard in Northern Westchester, but your commute's going to be an hour. Whereas in Southern Westchester, it's going to be 30 minutes. But we work through that whole lifestyle component for about the first 15 minutes. Um, Because it's a discovery call. We want to know about you. And then we talk about strategy. So have you been pre-approved? Have you spoken to a lender? Do you have a sense of your budget?
1: Hold on, I love that you said that. I'm going to interrupt because I I think, like, would you say that? Because I kind of like that. If you said to someone, you know, this is really a discovery call for me to really learn about you so that we can find the best house that is going to be amazing for you. You know what I mean? Like saying that and then go for the strategy. So I like that. Okay, keep going. We
0: we tell stories of clients who don't listen to us and buy the best house in the wrong town. And a few years later, they'll call us and say, you were right. And thank God they call us. They don't blame it on us. So now I say, Heather, were you pre-approved? Not yet. I haven't gotten that far in it. I just started looking, you know, we were just thinking about moving. So I just started looking. I totally understand that. And I have to say, pre-COVID, most of our clients weren't pre-approved before they came out to look for houses. But COVID, like COVID changed everything. So for us, in order for us to show you houses at this point, we actually do need a pre-approval because all of our sellers are expecting it. And that we we love that now because we would have buyers come out with us all the time and have not even talked to a lender. And by the time they talked to the lender, their budgets went down dramatically and we've wasted all that time. But in our area now, pre-approvals are expected for showing. So we, we get that out there right away. And then I'm going to say to you, Heather, and after we hang up, you're going to immediately get an email with a, a buyer folder for from our team for how to buy in Westchester and all the background on Westchester and a link to our buyer resource website. And on that website, there's a, a lot of lenders that we work with all the time. But of course, you're welcome to work with anybody you want, and they can walk you through the, the buying process from the lending side. All so, right. Yeah. So then right after that, um, we talk about, you know, scheduling a time for a tour. Our buyers start with a tour of the areas. So we would schedule that. And then when we hang up, they get automatically a PDF of the buyer folder, a link to the resource website. And then each agent on my team has a different way of following up. But to me, on that email that I sent to them, I, I blind copy myself at follow. I use a, a app called follow up then and it throws that email back to me at whatever. uh, time frame I want. I usually say two days at follow-up then. And that email drops back into my inbox if they haven't responded in two days. And that gives me a reminder, oh, I better reach out to them. The Coopers got my email, but didn't respond. So that's how I remind, I'm I'm crazy busy. I get hundreds of emails a day, but that's how I remind myself to get back to important things. Did you call that follow-up then, T-H-E-N? Yes, there's okay. a bunch of apps out there that do it. This one's my favorite. Everybody has a different way of reminding themselves things. I have like 10 reminders for everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Again. so talk about that real quick because I think that is really important. I want you to talk about some of those steps that you have to follow up and remind you for these different things.
0: Yes, I, I was thinking when we were, this call was scheduled, I was thinking this morning, like the one thing I learned in the business is that Whatever you do every day in real estate becomes a habit. And I'm trying to teach my team that as well. So I have certain habits that I do. We're running a business every single day. Whether you have a buyer or a seller that you're working for, you're you're employed as a real estate agent. You should be working towards your business. So if you're not showing and selling that day, you should be working on your outreach. You should be working on your marketing or... Um, your gifts, whatever it is, follow-ups. So um, I have habits and a lot of them, one would be I fill my water bottle every single morning full to the top, take it with me to the office and it continues to get full all day because I want to drink a lot of water. I want to walk 10,000 steps every day. I have that measured. But my habits related to real estate are I have to have a lot of reminders for the important things. We went on two pitches yesterday. I left both of those pitches. I emailed myself at follow up then for two days and said, you know, reminder with the address. So if in two days I haven't heard back from that client after I thank them, it'll come back in my inbox. Um, I, all, I call them all life hacks. I also do the reminders on my phone. I do reminders on my calendar. I have my team manager who also reminds me of things. But you have to—the first few hours of your day are critical to your day in real estate. You know, my team wakes up. They check. We have a hot sheet on our MLS. They check their hot sheet. They check, um, you know, their 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 uh, follow-ups from an inspection. Whatever it is, they they they're dealing with that. They're eating the frog in the morning get the kids off to school and, and focus on it. Instead of getting into your day and at three o'clock you're following up with the agent on the deal, you probably lost the deal because you didn't follow up sooner.
1: So that, talk about followupthen.com real quick. I put it in the chat, but I think this is brilliant the way they have you know tomorrow at followupthen.com. Explain how that works because to me, I think this program is genius. Can you talk about how you use it in yeah. the real estate space?
0: So I zero out my inbox every day, so if something isn't dealt with, it's marked as unread until right the end of the day. So the way I use Follow Up Then is like if I walk out of here to go get lunch at the diner, and I run into a former client, and she'll say to me, "Oh my God, my neighbor on Villard, she's going to sell," and I gave her your name. I'm going to walk into the diner, and I'm going to email myself at Follow Up Then. I'll say four four p.m. at Follow Up Then reach out again to that client to make sure she's connected me with that neighbor. And at 4 p.m., that email is gonna be in my inbox. I'm someone who zeroes out my inbox every day. So by by midnight, I will know that I've dealt with that. It's not on a to-do list here. It's not on a a post-it note in my car. It's in my email inbox, which is the thing I am committed to zeroing out. So that is one of my best nuggets in real estate is follow up then. But that's because I do respond to my emails, whereas I have colleagues who have thousands and thousands of emails that they never look at. So another of my favorite, favorite real estate reminders is, it's this thing called the Remarkable Two. And it's really like a thousand notebooks in one. That is my Bible. Every single listing pitch I go on, I, I do it by the address. I take notes in that. It's stored in a file in it. Every single new client I meet with, I while I'm gonna put it in my CRM, when I'm sitting taking notes with them, it's there and it's by their last name. Every single to-do list I map my week on Sunday night, it's in there. This is the only piece of paper I bring anywhere. It comes with a stylus and I, it's my life because real estate agents were always on the go and opportunities are always jumping in front of us, but it's hard to take a, a, a breath. And, and write it down so you deal with it later. So between the Remarkable and follow-up then, those are my hacks. I make sure if I've written, written in there or I've, I've emailed it to myself.
1: Oh man, I love that. And it's funny because I had a friend of mine tell me about this Remarkable too. And they were like, oh my God, this is life-changing. You have to get it. The best thing ever. And then I went on Amazon because I just like to buy everything on Amazon because it's quick, right? It's like two two clicks. Well, I guess they didn't have remarkable two on there. And it said, just like remarkable two, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, I'll just try it. And I bought it and I didn't like it. And Mm -hmm. they were like, well, Chantel, I told you to buy remarkable two, you decided to do this knockoff version and that didn't work. So I'm going to have to, to go ahead and buy that remarkable two. I love that. Um, So talk about time blocking your day. Um, uh, I want you to kind of talk about it as an agent. If you were a single agent back then of really like, here's my processes that I'm going to do and then do it as a team leader.
0: Sure, um, my best friend, thankfully, in the entire world, and uh, after during COVID, her other career ended, and she joined a team in New York City, and um, I was working with her on her time blocking. And one of the one of the best things we came up with is, in order to really time block and stick with it, we decided that she was never going to show an apartment before eleven a.m. So that meant that from nine to 11, she I mean, her daughter's now in college, but was already at school, she would sit down for two hours, and she would go through her sphere, she would I mean, deal with her deals that she has to deal with, etc. But one hour of that is going through your sphere of influence that you've created, however you have in your CRM or whatever, and doing the reach outs or follow-ups from, you know, someone closes, um, we have a system in place on our team. You close a week later, of course, we're going to reach out. And a month later, of course, we're going to reach out to check in on you. So doing those. So when she decided, I'll never do a showing before 11, that opened up a whole two-hour period where I noticed most agents, their schedule is very frenetic. Oh, someone wants to see something at 10, you go show it at 10. Someone wants to see something at 6 p.m., you show it at 6 p.m. But if you just time block a certain period and say, I'm never showing during that period, I'm going to use that to work on my business easy. So, so that's, that's sort of how we work. Um, We try, I mean, everyone on the team has different situation because they have young kids and whatnot, but you try and find your period of the day where you can focus on your business and it works. I mean, those, you know, I get so much done in an hour that brings in so many leads to the team. It's so worth it. So as an agent, I also did that. And I, as a team leader, I, I'm trying to get out of production. I'm definitely mostly out of production on the buy side and sharing most of my listings with someone on the team because that enables me to go remake, go around the country, present, go to conferences, um, meet with other referral agents, uh, reach out to clients, host events. So I spend about two hours a day time blocking reach outs to referral agents, uh, former clients, vendors, but I have a little more flexibility. My kids are grown. So I can, I'm, and I'm very disciplined clearly. So I get it done. I don't have to time block at the same two hours every day.
1: Mm, I love that. Well, this has been amazing. Tell listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you.
0: Oh, love that. So, um, we're f r a n c i e m a l i n a F R A N C I E M A L I N A.com or on Instagram at francymelina real estate. And right. by the way, I always pick up my phone. I'm always happy to help. So don't be shy.
1: I love that. I love that. And your, your authenticity and your genuineness and just your love just shines through just via Zoom and via phone. So I love Thank that. You. Well, you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now.
0: Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review so we can get this out to more agents. And tune in next week for another power-packed episode. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Podcast.